You're listening to Hive Hoops, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. Here's your host, Joshua Balta. Hive Hoops, I'm your host, Joshua Balta. Patrick Simon is back on with me yet again. We had a two-part series. It was either last week or the week prior. He had an article come out, Hornets lead. If you haven't checked it out, be sure to check it. It's talking summer league, kind of recapping, you know, a little off of the draft, the back end of the draft with Brandon Miller, with Nick Smith Jr., but then also going into their summer league, uh, you know, performances. So be sure to check that out if you haven't. Patrick, I'm glad to have you back on, man. Just talk a little bit more Hornets hoops. It's August. I hate August. August is from hell. It's the my least favorite month of the year. There's no NBA action. There's no NFL action. Huge Panthers fan here as well. Uh, so that's not even filling the, the void. Uh, my Carolina Tar Heels in football always, you know, disappoint. So I can never even get excited about that. I know you're an NC State guy. Booty <laughs> you on that. Um but August sucks for a multitude of reasons. I always remember being a kid, coming off summer, having all of a sudden it's August, school starting back, and it's hot as hell, it's humid as hell, all the hells are come out in August. Uh, yet here we are to talk some Hornets hoops. I say this. <laughs> how you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Really do appreciate you having me back on here. Slow month, you know, start of August, like you said. Um, you know, end of July, there wasn't really too much for the Hornets either. But, you know, we're we're getting we're getting there. We're getting there. At least I am. I'm excited. There is and NFL preseason back tomorrow. It's preseason. Eh. No one really cares. Eh. But it's something. It's something. I'm I'm yeah. I'm grasping for straws here. And there's really yeah. not money to grasp at. I guess. We do have schedule release coming in three weeks. Which, schedule release is always funny. And we'll talk about this when we get to schedule release, obviously. But we already know who we're playing. Like, you you play each team in the league twice, and then your division foes, you play four times a season. So, like, you already know what all of the makeup is of the schedule. But, like, we'll comb through it. We'll see what when, when the back-to-backs are. We'll see the, you know, the West Coast trip. We'll see the home stints. We'll see all of those things, and maybe we'll come up with a number. But anyway, that'll be later on in August. For now, <laughs> free agency has come <laughs> and gone in many Hornets fans' minds. It came, it went with little to no action from the front office, from the Charlotte Hornets. Last episode, I kind of asked the question, should more blame be placed on Mitch Kupchak or should it be on the incoming owners for maybe their, you know, stop to maybe some moves that would have been made had Michael Jordan's majority ownership just continued? If you want to check it, that out, go back to the last episode. Yeah, Go back to the last episode if you want to check that out. But for this one, Patrick, I want to ask you this, man. Patrick's from Hornets League. All right, I don't know if I said that. I know he wrote the article. I wanted you to make that, you know, association. <laughs> but Patrick, I want to ask you as the Charlotte Hornets sit here today, 
what offseason grade, what free agency grade, also with the draft. We can also throw the draft in, you know, and you can kind of give some thoughts there. But what offseason grade as we stand here today, P.J. Washington lists, no backup point guard, it seems, no vet that's been added to the roster. What grade would you hand the Hornets as of right now? So if if we go purely off of free agency, I'm giving them like a C. If we're going just free agency, maybe even lower. I, I think a C is fair just because they didn't hand out any stupid contracts. And for I feel like for free agency for teams, I don't think they can all be graded on the same basis. I think it, it has to be what did they do with what they had available. For the Hornets, it's just don't give out a stupid contract. And that's the number one thing that I need from them each offseason. Do not give out a stupid contract. If we're going to look at offseason as a whole, I'm going to give them maybe like I'm going to be generous. I'll give them like a B minus B minus. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll go B minus just because I'm really happy with the draft. And then I'm I'm not going to give them any, I'm not going to give them any extra points. I'm just not going to take anything away because they've extended LaMelo. I would, obviously it's a no brainer, but I could see the Hornets saying, Hey, you know, he's, he's coming off an injury. Mm, let's, let's wait. Let's wait and see how we are the next off season, which that'd be classic Hornets behavior. But like you said, free agency. I mean, nothing, nothing. Dennis Smith Jr. walked. Um, Miles Bridges on the qualifying offer, which is kind of expected. And then the P.J. Washington thing. I just – this this is – and we said this last time I was on, on this with you. They obviously believe highly in J.T. Thor. And my my issue is if – they knew that they were not going to hand PJ Washington a big contract. They knew that a while ago and their belief of JT Thor must've been there for a while. So if you knew you weren't going to give him the money and you knew that you believed in JT Thor, why not have just gone through with a sign in trade at the beginning of free agency? Because as we've seen in this league, trades move and moves happen when the market does trade deadline, free agency draft. Those are the three three times when moves are being made. Once we start to approach this August range, when teams are starting to get in their training camp, players are getting comfortable they're with their families. They're thinking, all right, this is where I'm going to be for the year. They're not really looking to make moves as much. I mean, we can even see now with this, with the Damian Lillard trade, no one's in a rush to get anything done. Majority of the moves have been done. Everyone's kind of staying still. So if this may be unpopular. And for the people that are listening to this, they might not be happy with this. If PJ Washington, after I've, I've sat with this and I've thought about it, if JT Thor is as good as Mitch Kupchak and company believe, and how PJ, PJ definitely had increased production, but he still had, it was inconsistent at times. If we don't re-sign PJ Washington, I'm okay with that. I can live with that. My issue is, and that, that's just purely him leaving. My issue is if you were if they are not going to re-sign him, why didn't you do a sign and trade the minute for agency? Yeah, I mean that that's really it. I mean I, I'm not I'm not quite. I mean I I believe you wanted PJ Washington re-signed, right? Completely. Oh yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. 15, yeah. 16, so it's 17, 15, 16 mil, mil. Yeah, like I'm I'm yeah. I'm fine with all of those yeah. numbers. So it's like it. The, and even if we did that, I'm not really I'm not against it. I'm just not heartbroken if he leaves. 
But regardless, as if you let him walk or not, if you're going to if you're going to have him leave, if you're going to say, "All right, PJ, it, w- w- your time's up. It's fine. It's over." Why would you? And you knew that they 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 from the get. This isn't like a surprise. They did this last contract negotiation, and now they're doing it now. So the the view of PJ Washington hasn't changed. So what I don't understand, and like how you said. Maybe if they didn't have the ownership change at this time, maybe it would have been a more like MJ would have more of a say, new ownership would have been able to pull more strings. But if they knew that this was going to happen, why would you wait? Why not make the move now and instead of now here we are, you know, we're in August and teams are kind of fine with their rosters. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of frustration comes from Hornets fans on the inaction of the offseason. I think what you said to open up is important and people need to hear that. They did not ex- you know hand out some dumb contract. They didn't which in fairness they didn't have the money to hand out a dumb contract, right? Because even if they have you know a 4 year 12 and a half million per year offer that's essentially a 4 year 50 million dollar deal. That's not going to break any team. Like if they had handed out that to, um, uh, who is it? Grant Williams. If they had handed that out to Grant Williams, that's fine. Like nobody, like you may not love it, but nobody's just going to be like, "Oh, that's a terrible move," right? So, but I guess what you could say is that the Hornets didn't do a trade and then, with that money that they freed up sign some big contract and bring them in here. Like they didn't trade mm-hmm. away Terry Rozier and open up that cap space just to what sign Dylan Brooks yeah. to the same kind of deal. Like Absolutely. that would be bad, but I don't think that that was really on the radar. So I think that that's fine. I think where the frustration for fans and this is where my frustration comes in and why I'm a bring PJ backer, uh truther, right? A bring PJ back truther. That's me. Because he makes <laughs> because he makes your team better. Because if we just lose PJ Washington and we get cents on the dollar, like we're not going to be a better team. We're going to, and I know Miles Bridges has come back. Yeah, we're going to be better than last season. It's not hard to be better than last season. But when I'm thinking about, you know, what what's the best that we've received here lately? That was two seasons ago. And if we don't have P.J. Washington, that hurts our depth. That's my biggest concern is our depth. Mm -hmm. And P.J. Washington isn't going to add just him solely. He's not going to add probably more than five wins. But it's when it comes to depth because now if you're without P.J. and then say Gordon goes down again, which is very likely. Mm -hmm. And Miles Bridges is out for 10 games right off the bat. What if he experiences some kind of injury and you go down another 10 games with Miles or maybe even more than that? And then say that JT Thor picks up, you know, some kind of nagging injury. All of a sudden, all of your – you have no depth there. You It's depleted because with Gordon, you can't trust in it. Miles is already uh, missing time. And so if any of those things that I just said happen in addition – your depth is depleted, and now you're missing more games. And if PJ's there, that's another body. That's another consistent. I don't want to use the word consistent because PJ's not consistent, but mm-hmm. it's another 
constant who's in the lineup. He doesn't miss games. He doesn't miss extended time. He's played in 80% of his games every season that he's been in the NBA. So you can pretty much count on him being available, which is the best availability is being available, right? That's mm-hmm. what everybody always says. Um, But if I had to give my grade today, man, I'm giving it like a – I'm giving it like a C minus D mm-hmm. if it's today, just because you don't have the depth you need. You have too many young guys. You went and drafted four new rookies. One of them may be in Spain, so you don't really have to fight to find minutes for Najee. But then Bailey's going to be G leaguing. Um, Leaky Black was not drafted, obviously, but he's going to be G leaguing all year long. And then you have Nick Smith Jr. Is he going to be ready to play? I don't think he's a rotation player yet. I think Terry Rozier is going to be better. A healthy Cody Martin is going to be better. So I'm not overly optimistic about that portraying to this season and that being something that's available this season. Brandon Miller, sure. Hopefully we get a guy who can hit threes off the bench. And, you know, show some rookie prowess, I guess you could say. But between missing out on Dennis Smith Jr., uh, Kelly Oubre's gone now, which I wasn't ever really big on bringing Kelly Oubre back. Mm -hmm. That's still a rotational guy that's gone. P.J. Washington still hasn't signed. Uh, Teo Maladon's gone, which I wasn't really a big truther about him coming back either. But... Still, you can see the reduction and the deduction that's happened to the roster. So far, where we stand today, I'm not feeling great about where we would be. I don't feel the whole, hey, we're going to win uh, comment and remark that Mar- uh, that Mitch Kupchak said to LaMelo when he signed his contract extension. Like, I don't think that's going to happen if the roster stays where it's at today, which leads in. If the Hornets do make some moves, say they bring back PJ, say they bring in a vet, say they get a backup point guard, whatever, you know, circumstances you have drawn up in your mind, what grade could it improve to on the offseason grade? And could you see that team push Mm -hmm. for a playoff spot? essentially. So right now, like I said, I think I had them in like a C plus B minus range. And that, that is really pulled up by the draft. Cause I like, like the draft. I said, if, if it were purely, I agree with your analysis. If we're purely going off of free agency, I'm feeling like, like a D, like a D plus C minus. I don't like their free agency. Well, here, look, Just the draft is. I'll throw this in there. Even with the draft, that's where I sit. And I really, really interesting. I wanted scoot, man. I, I mean, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think, I mean, look, I think look, look, got, look. I'm off of it. I'm not pushing. I, you know, I took the scooters off of, you know, the Hornets lead account. They're all gone. They're all gone. There's <laughs> going to be any scoot propaganda, you know, pushed ever again. He's yeah. not a Hornet. It is what it is at this point. Yeah. I got you. But at the end of the day, like, I feel like we didn't take who we should have it to. Yeah. I loved picking up Nick Smith Jr. at 27. I had him ninth on my board. So that really brought it up. James Najee, um, we 
I'm higher on him now than I was draft night. Draft night, I wasn't too thrilled about that. I I, I looked at it as another project center yeah. that we we're going to have to wait on for years who's going to be playing overseas in Spain, in Europe. And when would we see any production, any fruit from that? And then Amari Bailey, I was just meh. Like that didn't move me uh, any, yeah. as far as that draft pick uh, goes. So, mm. yeah, that's even including the draft for me. I know that really? you went on the draft. Which yeah, is- yeah, I think it's – I feel like we see eye to eye on most things Hornets, but the draft, the draft is where – I, I like Brandon Miller. And I think that that may have been – I feel like I definitely hold a bias because probably like a, a month I, – I like Brandon Miller, but I would say as soon as the Brandon Miller – Charlotte likes Brandon Miller – I was like, that's I, I know we're gonna take him. Like I was like, it's the most Charlotte thing ever. So I was prepared. But if they can, it's tough because a lot of I'm not what they need, what a lot like a lot of people say that they need is a veteran point guard. And what a lot of the things that I've seen is people were saying, but I don't think this is gonna happen. But a lot of people are firm believers that they can have Terry Rozier run because Terry Rozier and Cody Martin are very efficient when they're on the floor together. That is statistically when Terry Rozier and Cody Martin are at their best. Putting Terry as a starting point guard off the bench and then having uh, Cody Martin be the shooting guard, and statistically that would work the best. So now the comes into question how badly do they need a veteran point guard. I'm not – if Terry Rozier is coming off the bench, I'm not sure if they need a veteran point guard. I just think that they need a legitimate veteran presence regardless of the position. I think they should be looking for like a Bismack Biombo type of presence, not player, definitely not player. Yeah, no. But but any. Oh, look, any it's I funny think... that you mentioned that because I posted from Hornets lead, you know, bring Biz back. Yeah, and people are like, "Are you crazy?" Like, yeah, what for to be a third string center? Yes, actually, because yeah, I absolutely, absolutely. I just want his voice. I just want absolutely, his... and I'll... that's it. I think I think the best case we saw this with is Lamelo has never really had any sort of behavioral issues. I mean, he's a young kid. He says that he said some stupid stuff occasionally. He's had the you've seen the running the red light or whatever stuff in Charlotte. He's a kid. He's but he's never had any like legitimate behavioral issues. I think the biggest proponent of that is Lamelo came into the league. He had the the ball is life thing he played or not ball is life sorry ball in the family tv show he had all of this stuff coming in behind him he came in he had bismack biombo in his ear immediately saying this is what you're gonna do you're not gonna you're not gonna say anything you're gonna just play basketball and that is what and even since bismack has left that has stayed with lamello and i feel like a lot of guys on and we discussed this last time guys on the team James Booknight, me, me, I think Brandon Mil- Brandon Miller does seem a little bit immature. I think he's the same thing as Lamelo kind of was, just a kid. I think what we need is a veteran leader. I mean, Brandon, how old is Brandon Miller? I think he's like twenty. I mean, yeah, twenty. I'm okay, I'm eighteen, and I'm talking about Brandon Miller playing basketball. I'm sitting in my room. I'm gonna get off of this and maybe play some Xbox. I certainly cannot handle an NBA career. What they need is someone to come in. And just be a veteran presence. And what I per, what I wanted was actually Patrick Beverly, that he signed, and that's not really an option anymore. They just need Bismack, anybody. 
just any a, a true veteran. I don't care about the basketball ability because, like you said, Amari Bailey is going to be G League bound. Leaky Black going to be G League bound. Um, James Najee probably G League brown bound in Spain. That whole situation, regardless. And then a couple other guys might end up in the G League with how things have been looking. So you you can use the roster spot. So just if they can get a veteran presence like that, I would move it up to maybe a B plus, maybe a B, a solid B, depending on who it is, a B plus. Because I really feel that that would show that they're dedicated to reinstating a true culture in Charlotte with especially what's been going on. So I feel like that would be that would be the new ownerships bold, not not bold, because that's not really bold, wanting to like instate reinstate good good leadership in Charlotte. But I would say it puts them on the right track and shows that that's what they want to do. So yeah, I I'd put them in a BB plus if if that's what they get. But big question mark. Yeah, I mean the Hornets would have to make numerous moves for obviously my grade of a C minus D. D plus to improve Uh, PJ would be the quickest way to improve that number backup point guard. I've mentioned it before. I'll say it again. Backup point guard doesn't bother me that much uh, because you can split those backup minutes. Like you said, with Terry Rozier uh, with Cody Martin, Gordon Hayward can even get you into your sets. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge proponent for bringing him off the bench and having him, you know, lead that second unit. So I think that that's an answer. Uh, so I'm not too worried about backup point guard. I know Mitch Kupchak stated that, you know, a backup ball handling, you know, vet guard would be something that they would look into uh, when uh, it was at the press conference with LaMelo when mm-hmm. they announced that his extension. Mitch Kupchak stated that. But that's not too high on my priority list. Because you want LaMelo playing 35-plus minutes a night anyways. Absolutely. And Melo goes down for an extended period of time, your season's over. It doesn't matter because you don't have the depth anyways. You can't miss your best player for another 20, 30 games and expect to be pushing for the playoffs. So 35-plus minutes a night out of LaMelo is what you need. You can divvy up the remaining 13 to 15 minutes between Terry Rozier, Cody Martin, Gordon Hayward, and maybe, you know, Teo Maladon if he comes back. Um, I want that bet presence in the locker room more than anything. If I do want to say this, if the Charlotte Hornets are serious about a backup point guard, say, you know what? Yes, we are investing heavily into LaMelo. He has had some injury concerns. And if he does go down, we don't want the season to just be lost. Like we want a we want a capable backup point guard who can come in and can give you 15 to 20 minutes a night or if LaMelo goes out, starting caliber. If that happens, I would like for the Charlotte Hornets to pursue Tyus Jones in a trade with the Washington Wizards. He's 27 years old. He makes 14 mil per year. That's a little pricey for a backup point guard. Okay, not too bad, but it's it's double digits. The Wizards are looking to retool, to revamp, to bring in youth. They've they've completely sold and bought into that, moving off of Brad Beal. Um, 
they did get Tyus Jones back. Uh, I think that was in the three-team trade with the Grizzlies and the Celtics, and I think that they took on Tyus to make that money work. Um, he's 27, making 14 mil a year. He's starting caliber point guard. Um, he could give you a solid 15 to 20 minutes. LaMelo has struggled with foul trouble his entire career. And so, yeah, we all want LaMelo playing 35-plus minutes a night, but say he picks up two quick dumb fouls like he has in prior years and say he's sitting on three or four before you get to halftime. Tyus Jones is capable. You're not going to see the same production, but you're not going to have that drastic drop-off that you would with a backup point guard who's borderline G League, right? Mm -hmm. And so if the Hornets are serious about bringing in a backup point guard and, like, that is a high priority for them and they want to bring in somebody with playoff experience, Tyus Jones has been in the playoffs each of the last two seasons with the Memphis Grizzlies. That's an avenue that I would love to see the Hornets uh, pursue. I think that you could, at that point, you can consolidate some of your youth because the Wizards would look to be buying in to young guys. Tyus Jones kind of on that older end of his 20s. This is where maybe you could get a package with Book Knight. Maybe you could package another guy, maybe a Kai Jones. And then you could throw in some seconds. And all of a sudden, you have a capable backup point guard who's borderline starter material if you have any concerns out of LaMelo. That would be my big like push that I would just be like thrilled. Because outside of that, bringing in one of these retreads, bringing in one of these guys who's at the end of their career, who isn't a great leader, who also can't produce that much anymore, or just rolling with a borderline G League guy, like I'm over that. I'd rather just Terry, Cody Martin, Gordon Hayward, kind of split up those backup minutes in getting your team into offensive sets when LaMelo's off the floor. What? Absolutely. I mean, that that would be my big backup point guard move. Outside of that, because I think that that could work. I mean, you piece mm. together some young guys with some talent who need a couple more years. Obviously, the Wizards are in that frame of thinking. Finally, after years of people begging for them to move into that, you know, sensibility. They're finally there. So if you can move off of a book night, maybe they want to take a chance on him. Kai Jones, who has all of the athleticism, and you package maybe a second or a couple seconds with it. The, you can match the salaries. You can give them the assets. And then we get a true backup point guard who can give you solid minutes for all of the reasons that I just named. And that's how... I would see a Hornets offseason really being salvaged and bringing back PJ, vet presence. It could be a Bismack Biombo who would be on a one-year vet men deal. I would be fine <laughs> with that. And then Tyus Jones is a backup point guard. If not Tyus Jones, then you just throw it. We still have the MLE. There aren't many options out there for that. Maybe you could do a sign-and-trade with PJ if you can't get a deal done to where you can bring something back. I don't even know whom you would bring back. There aren't many guys making between 15 and $18 million in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Do you even want those guys? I think we talked about that on the last episode. Yeah, because we, we said the, the market's dry. I mean, there's no – it's not even like who, who's willing to – there is not anyone that can match that salary. There's, I think you said there was like 
three. I think Davis Bertans was one of them. Yeah. Like Harrison I'm not who just signed a yeah, new Harrison, deal. Yeah. And it's like Stewart just signed a new deal. Yeah, and it's like none of those, none of those guys are PJ Washington. Like I'd rather just have PJ Washington at that point. So it's like, if I'm going to pay somebody that money, pay it to PJ who also hasn't reached his ceiling. Yeah. Patrick, we're going to end the episode with this. We're in the final hours of Michael Jordan's majority ownership here in Charlotte. Do you have any final words for MJ and his ownership for the Hornets, his majority ownership for the Hornets, should I say? I There's there's two things. There's two things I wanted to touch on with this. The first one is the lackluster drafting is something I will never in my life be able to get over. Because obviously in the Mitch Kupchak regi- regime, his his drafting was or not his drafting, but the overall team's drafting seemed to chart in a little bit better of a direction with, you know, Bridges, LaMelo fell into the lap, but you know, Mark Williams, um, Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, Devontae Graham was a good second round fine, you know, Jalen McDaniels, which they didn't flip, which ended up being James Najee. For someone that is the GOAT of basketball, I'm not sure if you're a LeBron guy or a Jordan guy, the, the GOAT of basketball. And the fact that he is such an inability to evaluate talent to at least draft a mediocre player instead of a, I mean, over a bust is wild to me. Yeah, absolutely wild. And I would say even, I mean, you can look around the league. I mean, Danny Ainge certainly isn't a top, top player of all time, like to the point that Jordan is, but he's been able to manage a team. He's been able to find success. Did it with the Celtics and now he's doing it. And then he seems to be tooling the jazz pretty well. And it's like, where is Jordan's ability with that? And my second point that I said that I um, wrote down here is this is some this is a little bit more of a personal thing. I feel like it might not be. It's not really as much as much much of a business thing. But one thing that I remember from Jordan for multiple Hornets games I attended where he would sit courtside is he all, a lot of the time he just seemed unengaged, um, just not really not really in it. And from someone that is the brand of basketball, he's the face. I mean, really the face of the sport all time, really. You would think he'd be up, you know, shaking hands, saying thanks for coming, stuff like that. It always left a bad taste in my mouth whenever he sat courtside and the game would go how it would be because, like, you know, they'd be losing. He'd kind of just be sitting there with his arms crossed, look upset, pregame, timeouts. He, you, you'd expect an owner like that to kind of make the fans feel welcomed and I would say appreciated. And in Jordan's tenure, it just didn't feel like that at all. Yeah. He's, I just, I question but, how much he loves yeah. basketball, uh, NBA basketball at this point, the new age. Absolutely. NBA, that's just where we the are. New age. Yeah. yeah. Patrick, I've enjoyed having you on, man. You can catch him at Hornets Lead. Be looking for those articles. Uh, if you haven't read the his most recent one, please go back, check it out, detailing all of the summer league. But, man, I've enjoyed having you on yet again. Until next time, check us out here at Hive Hoops. Adios. Appreciate you all. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Hive Hoops, presented by The League. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave a review and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again from Hive Hoops. Hoops.